push through and punch through a vision with passion, a vision with passion. Everybody, welcome back to Purpose by Design podcast. I'm Pamela Hinkle. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. Today, I have a special treat for you. I have Rebecca Hagstrom with us, this, the uh, headmaster at Liberty Classical Academy, among many other things she'll tell you about, but also a dear personal friend. And I am so happy to have her because she is a strong woman leader in our community and is extending her community just out, out, out and just extending its borders. And you need to hear her story and hear all about what she's doing in the education world and beyond. So with no further ado, I welcome Rebecca to the broadcast. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? Good morning, Pamela. It's so nice to be with you today. Yes, ditto. I always enjoy spending time with you, Pamela. Me too. I enjoy being with you. You are just just a breath of fresh air. Tell our listeners that are here to hear about you and tell us all about you. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you again for having me on your podcast this morning. I'm very happy to join you. And so my story really starts out um, all the way back when I was having children. So my background, I have a master's degree in speech pathology and uh, that gives me a lot of understanding of child development, cognitive development, um, special needs, and that type of thing. Um, and when I started having children of my own, we decided that we were going to send our children to the public schools because we believe in public education, and I still do. Um, but what we found very quickly is that our son um, was really not being challenged academically. And so we ended up sending him to a private secular school for education. And very quickly, we found that the values at that school really didn't match what we were trying to teach him at home. And although we had all four of our kids there for about nine years and the people were wonderful, um, they were getting a good education. We just knew that half of what we needed is that spiritual component it was missing. So we started looking at Christian schools then instead and found, unfortunately, that a lot of the Christian schools that we looked at just did not have the academic uh, levels that we had grown accustomed to at the high academic Christian school or secular school. And so um, we were frustrated. We thought, you know, as Christians, we should be putting out some of the best educated kids in the nation. That's how we earn a voice in our culture. And so we ended up staying at that secular school for a few more years until I fell upon an ad for classical and Christian education. And I thought, huh, never heard of this and read the synopsis of that particular school. And I was so impressed that I contacted the school and asked, are there any schools like this in the Twin Cities? You know, Mm -hmm. here we are in Minneapolis or Minnesota. We've got a lot of options in the Twin Cities. So I thought, oh, maybe there's a school out there that I just didn't know about. Unfortunately, they said, no, we don't know of any. Um, but this school was founded by six families and you can do it too. And that was in 1999. And that's really what started um, our desire then to go ahead and start a school. So I ended up finding some like-minded people and working, we worked on it for about two full years in preparation because we wanted to make sure that what we started was going to last and, and be excellent because that was the whole purpose was we wanted high academics and Christian in the one in the one school. 
So we ended up uh, opening in the fall of 2003 then. So I am the founder and headmaster, the main founder and headmaster of Liberty Classical Academy in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. And our school has grown from 28 kids that first year in grades K through eight um, to over 300 now preschool through 12th grade in our program. And so we have just seen God bless the work that we've been doing here. And, um, and out of that then also came a desire to help people understand really what's wrong with our educational system. Because for those of us who, and most of us did go through the public schools, <clears throat> I did, um, actually all the way through my graduate work, I went to the University of Minnesota um, for my undergrad and for my graduate work. And so, you know, we are seeing a much different educational system than what we saw before. And um, what kids are getting in the public schools today is not what we were getting in the public schools 30 years ago or more. So through that frustration and trying to want, trying to help people see that, um, and also wanting to help people understand what we were doing at Liberty, we ended up starting a radio show that we also launched as a podcast called Education Nation. And we started that probably, I don't know, four or five years ago now. And we operate out of the Patriot station here in Egan, AM 1280, the Patriot. And we're on at 6 p.m. on Saturday evenings. And then you can also go and listen to the podcast afterwards at ednationmn.org. So between being the founder and headmaster of the school, and then also wanting to keep people informed about what's happening in education, not just locally and statewide, but even nationally, because a lot of the trends we're seeing in education are actually nationwide as well. Um, that keeps me pretty busy. Um, I do have four wonderful sons who, uh, two of them were able to come through this program. The other two were too old by the time we opened the school. Um, but four wonderful sons who are now grown, three of whom are married, and I have three grandchildren now. And um, yes, and I, so I, I have a very full and wonderful life. And I'm very grateful that I have both the, the energy that I can put into the school, but also the energy that I can put into my family. And you do a great job with both. Oh, thank you, Pamela. Wonderful job thank with you. both. So you really, Spearheaded this not just uh, because it was something like I want to do. You were experiencing something in the school system, and you wanted things to be changed. You wanted to be yes. able to have not just this incredible quality education, but you wanted there to be morals and ethics that you integrity is a word that comes. Yeah, to yeah, integrity. Uh, that was being downloaded on the children or uploaded into them along with yep. their education to make a real yep. quality leader in the world. And I exactly. just think that is such something to applaud. And yeah, you have done a great yeah. job. That. Well, thank you. And we, we've, you know, we really believe that because education today has gone so far down the path of secular that, you know, back, if you consider what public schools were like, when they were founded, they were Judeo-Christian at the core. And um, Bible reading and prayer was a regular part of the public schools all the way up until the time that it was removed by a Supreme Court decision 
1962 and 1963. And so what we've seen since those years is a steady, slow decline of really teaching those morals and those values in our public school system. And that's why those of us who are older and attended public schools, you know, not too many years after those decisions, those court decisions, I was actually raised in the public schools in the 70s. Um, and it was different than my siblings who were really raised in the public school in the 60s. They had a different experience than I did. And yet I had a more moral, you know, education in the 70s than certainly people were getting in the 80s and the 90s. And, and over the course of time, it has become so um, progressive that what we see is that that whole Judeo-Christian ethic has really been completely wiped out of the public school system. And so it's more obvious today than it was, like I said, 30 years ago. And um, we just believe that for a student to really become a full um, contributing strong leader in our society, they really need both. They need the high academics education, but they also need that moral underpinning. Um, yeah. In fact, I did a TEDx talk a number of years ago, and one of the impetuses for that talk was that I saw an article in, I don't know if it was the Wall Street Journal or the Star Tribune, but, um, and it was about a young woman who had been shot um, accidentally in Chicago. And, you know, we're seeing this happening in all of our big cities, sadly. And um, the, the pastor who oversaw her funeral said, what has happened to our culture? We've lost our soul. Wow. And that, that statement just really resonated with me. And I, I use that in my TEDx talk. And I, I really believe that that is one of the main reasons why we have to have morals and values in our school system, because otherwise we're not feeding the soul. And you can't just count on a church on Sunday morning. Um, and many kids don't even have the opportunity to go to church. So those morals and those values need to be part of our education if we want to see our culture remain immoral and upright people because we're a, we're a free country and it depends on people choosing to do what is right um, rather than having to rely on laws to try to force people to do what's right. You can't make a law for everything. No, yeah. and a law won't change somebody's heart. Right, exactly, no, exactly. won't do that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And I love how you said Judeo-Christian ethic because mm -hmm. That just kind of puts it out there that what you're promoting as part of what your education is, is a foundation, an ethical and moral foundation. Yes. The next mm -hmm. leaders in our world. Now, whether they graduate and continue on in a Judeo-Christian faith, that's mm -hmm. between them and God, the universe, whatever, right? But right. there is an ethic that, and a moral ethic, I'll put it that way, that you have placed into them mm -hmm. that I believe will follow them through the rest of their days, uh, yeah. regardless of any other choices in the spiritual realm that they make. Mm -hmm. You guys are releasing quality leaders into the world. Yeah. Quality yeah. leaders. 
And that is because you said, hey, I want something more for my kids. And yeah, I think that that is so cool. And for any moms out there that are thinking, could I do something like that? I mean, just listen mm -hmm. to Rebecca's story. She started mm -hmm. with a small group of people and it was out of a desire to make a change for her family. I think there's a yeah. lot of moms out there right now and dads and grandmas and yeah. grandpas and everybody that are going, I want to make a change. So yeah. I, I want to encourage you listeners that you can do it. You can do it. Mm -hmm. Whatever that mm -hmm. is, that you have a heart to see that change and you can start it right out of your family. And, you know, Rebecca, I have been talking a lot about right now with everything that's happening in our nation and people being so polarized on different topics like if we could just get back to starting with us you know mm -hmm. just go back and start with us personally start with me right I start with me and then I start with my family and then mm -hmm. we can take that message out to the rest of the world and that's really what you did you started with you what can I do yeah. What can I, how can I, how can I, where can I, what can I, and then you took it to your family and then you took it out to the world. And now you have this fabulous school, yeah. you have the um, <coughs> podcast and radio talk show, or you have the TEDx talk and all of that. Um, I'm just, is so fabulous. Well, I had asked you a question and in relation to all of this that you've shared with us, the question was, if you could have a billboard with anything on it during this time in our nation. And so again, listeners, she's coming from a different perspective than probably anybody you've heard, um, unless you are involved in the classical education world. So during this time in our nation, what would be on your billboard and why? Yeah. Well, you know what, as I have watched our, our uh, political process and our election, um, Facebook, Twitter, social media, over the course of the last five years, um, Facebook, Twitter, social media, Instagram, all the things that the kids are watching, it has really changed our culture into being a much more groupthink type culture. And yeah. so, um, because you tend to feed off of people who agree with you and even the algorithms of Facebook and Twitter, they feed off of, right. of what you post too. And so you're gonna get more of what you believe. And so it causes polarization, it causes division. And so I believe that what the most important thing to be doing right now as a person living in this type of environment in our culture is to pray for wisdom and discernment. And so what I would put on a billboard is pray for wisdom and discernment, <laughs> um, hoping that people, regardless of their faith background, right. it might awaken them to, huh, yeah, you know, wisdom and discernment is really important because we need so much wisdom and so much discernment to find truth in this culture. You know, there are some who don't even believe that there is such a thing as absolute truth. Um, but even those people who don't believe in absolute truth would probably still concede that there are still things that are true. It's true if a person gets raped. It's true if a per person wins a political office. It's true if a person commits a crime, um, assuming they've been found to be guilty, right? I mean, you have to go through that. But the point I'm trying to make is that, unfortunately, with the way our culture is today, 
Even those things are hard to determine as to whether they're true or not, because there's so much misinformation out there. Yeah. And so we have to be praying and praying, not just trying to be wise and discerning, but praying for wisdom and discernment so that we can really rely on God to help us have the wisdom and discernment we need to find what is true and what is not true in our culture today. I love that billboard. Pray for wisdom and discernment. I mean, really, we do need a higher wisdom and discernment. So like you said, regardless of your faith, there is a higher wisdom and discernment. And if the level of wisdom and discernment we had was working, we wouldn't be. (laughs) Right. We wouldn't be in the place that we are today. Exactly. (laughs) That is so good. I love that. Um, So being a an educator like you are, what does it mean to you? And you sort of touched on this already, but I just feel like there's more there. What does it mean to you to train up leaders for tomorrow, Rebecca? Mm. Well, this is my heart, right? This is my passion. Um, As I just said, I look at our culture and I find myself grieving, grieving for the younger generations who will never know what it was like when we were growing up, which was we didn't have to worry about all the safety issues. You know, we could go and play in parks. We could, you know, be away from home for a couple of hours on our bikes or go downtown to the candy store. And, um, you know, we didn't have to worry about all the safety issues. We didn't have to worry about um, saying what we believe. You know, these days, if you say the wrong thing on social media, you get lambasted. And so it's, it's forced people to go internally. And so what we want our students to do is we want to fill them up with all the wisdom of the ages. The beauty of the classical education is that you're exposed to all the philosophies of the world. So we teach the kids all the different worldviews, all the different religions. Um, And then of course, because we are Christian, we bring them back to the truth of scripture, what we believe to be the truth of scripture. But, but what's important in that is that the kids then get exposed to all the other worldviews and religions, right. and it teaches them a respect for others that disagree with them. It teaches them, they're not just, um, they're, they're not just looking at these other religions or these other worldviews as through the lens of what they might see on social media. They're instead able to really know um, more about those religions and worldviews so that they can have a deeper respect for the people who um, are of those opinions and, and, and religions. And so A, it brings about more respect, which I think is one of the biggest things that's missing in our culture today. Our students are much more respectful than you would see on average in students their age. Yeah. Confidence. I believe that having kids going out into the world with confidence, the courage to be able to speak up and, and say what you believe, and then be able to back it up with logic and reason. We teach our kids logic. They get a full year of logic where they learn the art of argumentation. They learn what are fallacies. And so they're much less likely than to sub, kind of submit to wrong thinking, which is everywhere on our um, social media platforms as well, um, especially in political campaigns. Um, there is so There are so many fallacies in people's thinking today. And so um, we're really of the mind that if we want to be putting out, if we want to be, you know, really protecting this nation's freedom, 
we need to be putting out moral leaders who understand a how to be respectful and how to be confident um, in what they believe and why but then also teach them how to speak well how to think deeply how to write well and and that's what the classical method does and so uh, it just means the world to me to know that we are putting kids out into the world that are going to be all of those things, because those are the citizens that we need uh, right. going forward. And then they can all go into their respective places. They don't, you know, all live right around here. And and then they can, you know, as the old saying goes, bloom where they're planted. Right. You know, we, we want our students to be influencers. We We don't want them to just you know, have this outstanding education so that they can go out and get a high paying job and make money and, and, you know, keep it for themselves. Now, we don't think that's a bad thing if they do that, because then that's more for them to give away, right? right, right. Um, often, often people who are blessed with that give generously. But the point I'm making in this case is that we really believe it's important for our kids to be giving back to yeah. our society, give back to culture, help, um, help others, uh, find what they have found and be influential for truth, be influential for biblical values, but do so with respect and love. And that's one of the most important things we want our students to learn is how to love others and how to respect others, but also not to be afraid to stand on what they know is biblical truth and to be able to defend it with logical reasoning. When somebody approaches me with respect, and honor, mm -hmm. even if we disagree, they have my they have my respect and honor. Isn't that right? Yes. That so what you're saying works. Yeah. <laughs> it yep. works. I so agree with that, Pamela. And I think that is truly one of the biggest things that is missing. I mentioned that earlier. And it really grieves me because once we lose respect for each other, yeah. well then all bets are off. You know, um, love and respect is what brings unity in spite of differences. Mm -hmm. And if we can't love and respect one another when we differ in our opinions, then the unity is really impossible. And um, so, yeah, that I think it's important so too. Well, I would love it if you could expound just a little bit more on classical education and what that is and what that looks like for any listeners that are going, well, that sounds interesting. I haven't heard of yeah. that. Oh, it, all these worldviews, all these religions, but then writing. Yeah. Can you yeah. explain a little bit, define it? Sure. sure. Well, many of your listeners will have heard the term grammar schools. That's a familiar term to people. And grammar schools came out of classical education. Um, classical education actually dates back to Greco-Roman times, and it was resurrected by the medieval church. And this is the way people were educated for centuries. And so it is very time-tested. And as a... Uh-oh, if you, can you hear me if you froze up? But that's okay when you pop back in. Expert in child development and cognitive. Okay, um, I'll go back. Maybe I'll go back. No, are you there? We can edit yeah, that I'm, out. So go ahead and start that question again, telling us, um, explaining classical education. roman Okay, okay. Right there. Okay, great. Well, many of your listeners have heard the term grammar schools. And that is a very familiar term, but that is part of classical education. Classical education actually dates all the way back to Greco-Roman times. 
and it was resurrected by the medieval church. And it's how most people were educated for centuries. And really even in the US up until about 80 to 100 years ago. And the beauty of classical education, um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm an expert in child development and cognitive development. And what I love about the classical method and what resonated with me when I first started reading about it is that it coordinates perfectly with a child's natural progression of child development. So the grammar schools that you've heard of are the elementary school years. And the reason why they're called the grammar schools is because at that age, we teach kids the grammar of each subject. So we associate grammar with English now, but really when you think about what is English grammar, it's understanding the different parts of speech, right? But there's a grammar of math, there's a grammar of science, there is a grammar in all the different subject areas. And so in the, in the year, early years when kids are very concrete in their cognitive thinking, um, they're not really capable of having a lot of discussion and debate. They need the foundation. And so we focus then on those years in the classical method, we focus on teaching them all the basics of the various subject areas through songs, chants, rhymes, sound offs, things that they don't mind repeating over and over. And we add actions to them. So it's really fun. Kids at that age, you know, are like sponges. They memorize information very easily. Yes. If you have children of your own, which I know you do, Pamela, um, you know, the kids will at that age, they might memorize a whole book. You know, you read them the same book over and over and they pretty soon they can just read the whole book to you, even though they don't know how to read yet. Right. Um, or they might memorize parts of a movie that they like to watch over and over. So you capture where they're at, cognitively speaking, and you take advantage of it. And you use that then to fill their minds with the facts, the basis, the foundation, the tools of each of those subject areas. And then when you get to the middle school years, we focus on what's, or the, the next stage is called the logic stage. And there kids, cognitively speaking, are much more inquisitive. They're wanting to know more about how, they wanna know why. They're much more argumentative. Um, middle schoolers, you know, everybody knows that middle schoolers tend to be much more argumentative. And so there, the focus on a classical education is to start researching, showing them how to research, how to find the answers to how and why. Um, we'll have them do compare contrast exercises so that they understand um, deeply the two different things that they're looking at. If you have to compare and contrast two things, you have to really understand them quite well. So the focus on that middle school time period, the logic stage is understanding. And then, like I said, we also teach the one year of logic in middle school in eighth grade. And they there, then that gives them the tools to start learning how to defend what they believe, which they're going to need to do in high school. So the high school stage is called the rhetoric stage. And students at that stage are naturally becoming much more independent. They're separating from their families. They're forming their own opinions. And so now, not only do we want them to know the tools of each subject and understand each subject, but now we want them to analyze and synthesize the information, form their own opinions, learn to back up those opinions with reasoned thought, and then learn how to communicate that both through writing and through speaking. So the kids do lots of discussion and debate at this level. Um, they do a lot of writing. Um, they get four years of rhetoric class where they learn the different canons of rhetoric, which then helps them write and speak in a much more persuasive manner. 
Um, and then that culminates in their senior year with their senior thesis, where they write an 18 to 20 page thesis paper on a controversial cultural topic. And they usually get a, not usually, they always have to get a mentor to kind of help them understand the topic and, and maybe help them choose good arguments, but they do their own research on their own um, and they formulate the arguments that they're gonna use and the mentor just kind of helps them sift through some of that. And then they write this paper, but then they boil it down into a 10 minute speech which they, which they give publicly. And then there's three judges present who then ask them questions for 10 minutes. They do a 10 minute defense of their whole paper, not just their speech, but their whole paper. And that's the culmination of the classical education at Liberty. Once they're done with that, those seniors are done with their education because that process really requires them to use all the skills that they've been learning up until that point. And that's why we really call the junior and senior year the crown jewels of what the kids are getting here at the school it, because it uses everything that they've been given leading up to that point. So, and the result? is confident, yes. respectful, extremely well-spoken, excellent writers. Um, and math and science, by the way, STEM careers, um, our students do so well in our math and sciences as well. We've got um, classical education um, isn't just for the humanities. That's a misnomer out there sometimes. And so I wanna make that clear to our listeners if they've, if they've heard of that and thought that. Um, and, and Google recently did a study Actually, I guess it's not that recent, but maybe I think it was 2016. They did a study of their their highest performing employees to find out what the top traits were in their highest performing employees. And you would think at Google that it would be STEM background, STEM training. But instead, what they found, STEM came in dead last out of I think 13 or eight, eight or nine or 13 different skills. Wow. And the ones that came in first were things like empathy, things like being able to listen well, communication, problem solving. These are all things that a classical education does extraordinarily well. And so classical education sets you up for whatever career path that you're going to go down as though careers are really the only part of an education. That's one of my, my issues with education today is that we've gotten away from this notion of educating people for the sake of educating. And instead it seems like it's just been like career training. And that's not what education was ever meant to be. Um, education is meant to be whole. Like, like I said earlier, that Reverend Frager said, we've lost our soul. It's supposed to educate the mind, the heart, the soul. It's what makes real humans. It makes us empathetic. It makes us listeners and respectful and all the things that we see are missing in our culture right. are present through a classical education. And that's one of the reasons why I believe in it so much. And I can, you know, just testify to that because I have children that have attended your school. Yes, we've and loved I, that. Oh, and they, I, I bring them out in, in public and in like the general public around other kids their same age. And there is a definite difference in yeah. the way they see the world, you know, somebody drops something, picking it up. Now, I'm not saying that only happens in a classical education because definitely yeah. that's stuff that we also would encourage and teach at home. Of course. Be able to 
be able to communicate at a job interview without going, uh, uh, uh yep. those things. It's yep. more to have a conversation. I've overheard our 17-year-old having really incredible conversations yes. surrounding politics and things. And I'm like, yep. listen to him articulate his yep. words. And, you know, that is huge when you think about that person going to turn 18 and go out into society as an adult. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right, Pamela. That deep, that ability to think deeply on the issues of the day, regardless, it could be anything. It doesn't even have to be political. It could be something in the medical world or um, in the technology world, but they have that ability to think deeply because we go deep with them. That's what the whole rhetoric stage is for is to go deep with them and allow them to have those difficult conversations in class where they have to defend their opinions with reasoned thought. And and so consequently then when they do go out into the world, they do stand out because most people today, they defend their opinions with emotion rather than reason. And so what you're seeing there in your son is obviously something that we believe we need more of but that is a direct result of the classical education he's received at Liberty. Yeah, it's Absolutely. Really, and it's and, wonderful to see young people have the confidence in their ability to reason and think. Yes. And that is a beautiful yeah. thing. It is. It is because people, you know, their expectations for kids are kind of low these days. I don't know if you've noticed that, mm-hmm. but people don't expect much from children. And then once they become teenagers, they still don't really expect much from them. And then even when they're in high school, there's a lot of people out there that just think, well, they're a high school kid, they're teenagers, you know, you can't really expect much from them. That is completely false. You know, kids are going to rise up to what your expectations of them are, as long as it's been obviously done with love and care and patience and, you know, not, not browbeating and things like that. But my point is that we we can expect a lot more of kids than what we do in our culture today. Um, you know, we talk about adult children, right? I mean, I remember going to one of my son's college's parents' weekends, and we could, as parents, go to some seminars. And one of one of the seminars was raising your adult child. And I thought, <laughs> this is really sad that we are in a culture today where that, that's being said. Right. And, you know, and that was, that was like, I don't know. I think it was like 10 years ago, honestly. So think of how, how much more true that is today. So we are kind of perpetuating immature behavior in our children and not maybe raising the expectations that we can and need to do um, for them to be successful, contributing, moral adults in our world. I love that, Rebecca, because if we don't ever expect anything out of them, if we don't expect anything out of them at the elementary age, at the high school age, you know, middle school, high school, we don't expect anything out of them. And then all of a sudden we're expecting everything out of them. Yes. Yes. They can't just turn the switch on. (laughs) So expecting it out of them, we always say in our home, we don't, okay, middle schoolers, I understand all the stuff that happens, you know, with them, the hormonal yeah. and everything else. Yeah. But yeah. with all of our kids, we have raised them and said, we don't do, uh, we don't do teenagers, quote unquote, yeah. young adults. Mm-hmm. And then that's Good for you. we treat them. We treat mm-hmm. them as young adults. And uh, if they, unless they need to be treated another way, and then 
we have that discussion or mm-hmm. you want the privileges you have yep right so yeah. I love what you're saying and it makes so much sense and I think yeah. you hear that about classical education mm-hmm. um, I wanted to ask you to tell us a little bit about your radio show or any of the other yeah. extended outreach educational things that you're doing before yeah. today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, I'll start by talking about um, what we're doing or what we want to do with the school. And then I'll talk about the radio show. Um, so we get calls or emails from about eight to 10 parents or or groups that are trying to start schools across the nation asking for help. And we, of course, at this point, haven't been able to give a lot of help. We just haven't had the time and the resources to be able to do that. Um, <clears throat> but we do help as much as we can. We do provide some time for them. But ultimately, what we would like to do is take what we're doing at Liberty Classical Academy and spread it out across the nation through what we're calling the Liberty Classical Academy program. And so even if you have listeners today that are interested in starting a school like ours, I would encourage them to contact me because we will be launching something like that probably in the next, I would hope two to three years. Okay. Um, and we would be looking for pilot schools that want to pilot that with us as we develop it. But um, basically people want what we're doing. And if we can put it together in a, way that it's easier for us to then just kind of, for lack of a better word, school in a box. Um, That's actually not a term that I coined, but a woman that I was speaking with as I described what we wanted to do, she said, oh, school in a box. (laughs) So, well, I guess so. If that's what you want to look at, it's quite simplification, but, um, or oversimplification, but, but it's true. So basically franchising, I guess, is another word for it. Um, We would like to see that happen because we know people are hungry for this type of education and um, so that's what we're doing as outreach, um, not yet, but we'll be doing, I should say. As far as our current school climate, um, thankfully um, we have been able to develop some additional help here in the last year. And so then that is gonna free me up over the course of the next six to, six to 12 months, yes, to be able to focus more on um, um, and what we need to be able to do to get that LCAP program off, off and running. Um, and then as far as our, uh, there's so many other outreach things we do but as a school, but I maybe won't go into those things because they're not as education oriented as they are missions oriented, but we have a partnership with um, going down to Healing Haiti. Um, and we're now partnering with a local Catholic school in North Minneapolis that was um, unfortunately subject to some of the rioting that took place in June. Um, Not that their school was damaged, but just their neighborhood was damaged. And so um, we partnered with them just this year. And so we're doing some outreach in our our world, I guess, both Haiti and here, right here in Minneapolis, um, trying to share what we have been given here at Liberty um, with those that that would appreciate that sharing. But then as far as our radio program goes, Education Nation, as I said, started about four or five years ago. And honestly, it happened completely unplanned. It was one of those things where God just sort of led us into it. Um, 
we had a marketing agent or our marketing person who had just started at our school. It was the first year we could afford to have a marketing person actually. And she was connected to a small little local station in Stillwater, Minnesota. And they were looking for a spot to fill one that had gone out. And she came to me one day and she said, Rebecca, I think you should do a radio show. And I said, what, what are you talking about? And she said, no, I'm serious. She said, it would be a great way for you to talk about all the topics around education that you are so passionate about. And it would help get the word out about the school. And she said, I just think it's a great marketing tool as well as an opportunity for you to have a platform to share um, with other people what's going on in our schools today. And I thought, okay, I'll think about this. It was right before Christmas. And if you can hear me, you froze up. So we'll have to have you start back to Christmas once again. They wanted us to start at the end of January. Okay. okay oh, sorry. Go start from this Christmas. happens. Go back. You started at Christmas. Okay. Um, uh, it was right before Christmas, and they actually wanted us to start the show at the end of January. So that didn't give us a lot of time. And so I thought about it over Christmas break, and I thought, I don't know. I just don't know that I have the time and the energy to put into this. I've never done hosting, and it sounds like a lot of time, and I just don't know that I've got the time. Well, we came back, and one of the women that was on our leadership team that had been missing at that meeting um, was sitting present when I said, you know, I just don't know. I shared all my objections and my concerns. And she said, she kind of raised her hand quietly. She says, I used to help with the radio show out, wow. out East. I said, you're kidding. Oh my God. She's like, no, I know how to do that. And so that was just enough impetus that I needed to say, okay, if you're willing to help, then I can do this. And then her husband ended up helping me. He was our my co-host for the first 11 months of the show. And he had had plenty of experience with that. So anyway, so it was a great experience and we covered topics from, I mean, we topic, we covered topics around education, but everything from school choice to, and not just locally again, but nationwide. Um, we look at Supreme Court cases. Um, there was a great Supreme Court case that just came down in favor of school choice in um, Montana. Well, it was a nationals at the US Supreme Court, but it was a Montana case. Um, we look at religious freedom because we are a Christian school. And yeah. so that's an important topic to us is as a religious school. Um, and it doesn't matter what religion it is, you need the protection of the freedom of religion to be Absolutely. able to run a religious based school. And so we watch those cases because there are ebbs and flows with that. There are those in, in our culture that would like to remove the ability for religious schools to be able to hire who they want to hire. Right. Um, so we watch all of those kinds of cases that would affect who we can hire. Um, and uh, we also talk a lot about Common Core. That is a type of education that got voted through during the Obama era but it is still in our schools today and um, very damaging in math and the reading realm, especially um, for our students across the nation and test scores. We talk a lot about test scores and they are actually going down after Common Core. Um, so 
we talk a lot about education reform in general, you know, what works in education. Um, we talk, we, we just had uh, a guest on who worked in the St. Paul Public Schools for, I don't know, I think like 18 or 19 years. And he talked about critical race theory. We did two shows with him because he saw the negative impact that that was having on the St. Paul Public Schools. And he's an African-American gentleman himself. And yet he did not see this as a positive thing. Um, and that's what we're seeing widespread in our schools, in our culture in general. Um, so those are some of the topics that we've covered and it's, it's wide ranging. Um, we have great guests. We often have guests on our show and um, we just have fun with it. It's been, it's been great. And then we moved out of that little Stillwater station over to the Patriot, um, I think, two years ago, two or three years ago. And, um, and that has been a great fit for us. We really like operating out of there. And then we have our podcasts. And like I said earlier, you can watch all of our podcasts going all the way back to the very first show um, on ednationmn.org, ednationminnesota.org. Wow. So, yeah. You have a very thorough radio show and podcast. I mean, you don't just yeah. stick in the classical education, you're branching out no. in all these areas. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. In fact, it's education on, on education. <laughs> yes, it really is on education. It's not just on classical. And, um, and we do sometimes bring in teachers from our school to talk about like we've brought our logic teacher and we've brought our Latin teachers and we've brought yeah. our rhetoric teachers and um, people enjoy hearing from them. We've brought in our learning specialists. We've talked about the impact of having a learning disability on education. So yeah, it's, it's very broad. It's a very yeah, broad based like show. Really broad. That yeah. is amazing. Well, everybody make sure you check that out. Okay, yeah. one more question for you. Yeah. When it comes to education and children, what does purpose by design mean to you? Again, that, that's near and dear to my heart because as a Christian, I believe that every child, every individual is made in the image of God and is made for a purpose. Yes. And that it is our job as school leaders to help those children become all that God intended them to be. You know, kids are in school for 13 years, right? Kindergarten through 12th grade. And if they go to preschool, it's even longer. I added up the hours once, it's like over 16,000 hours that they spend in school wow. compared to going to church on Sundays, Wednesday night youth program, you know, it's like 4,000 hours. So it's four times the amount of time. And right. so I, I am very passionate about helping parents understand that K-12 education is one of the most influential things in a child's life. Right. And we need to be working in concert with the school. So as parents, because schools can't do it alone. Parents can't do it alone. Churches can't do it alone. Right. But when the three of us work together, I talk about the three-legged stool all the time, the church, the family, and the school. When all three are working in communion, that stool stands strong. But when one is pulling off in a different direction, what happens when you pull a leg off of a three-legged stool? The stool right. tips, right? it collapses. And so my passion is that kids have a purpose. Every adult, every child has a purpose that God has them on this earth for. 
They are uniquely gifted in a way that no one else has. They are uniquely put together and, and that we all should be supporting one another and pursuing that giftedness and finding out what is it that God has in store for you and then pursuing it with all you have, giving it all you have um, to be able to become all that God intends for you to be. And to that, Rebecca, I say, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. How yes. do our, read, our, our listeners, how do they reach out to you if they would like to further stay connected? Sure, sure. Well, they can email me. Uh, my email is rhagstrom, H-A-G-S-T-R-O-M, at comcast.net. And they can also follow our podcast, which is ednationmn.org. Um, they can also go to follow us on our Facebook for School, Liberty Classical Academy. Um, we do have a Facebook page as well. And then we also have a Facebook page for Ed Nation. It's called Ed Nation Radio, Education Nation Radio. That's our Facebook page for Ed Nation. And then they can also follow me on Twitter at Rebecca Hagstrom. And I know, Pamela, you said that you would put all of those up at the end that are spelled out because my, my spelling of my name is unique. It's not the normal spelling. So um, it's the Old Testament Bible spelling, which is what my parents gave me, which I love. It's, it's yeah. a nice spelling. <laughs> well, we will have everything in the description, listeners. So all you got to do is look and you can get that there. And I encourage you to check this out a little bit further and um, see what you learn, see how you can get involved. Rebecca, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we go? Um, I think only just to let people know that this type of education is within reach. And I don't want them to feel like, oh, gee, I wish there was a school like mine in that area. You talked earlier about if you feel led to start a school like this, please reach out to me because we want to see, we, I believe we need more kids like this and, and, and adults actually, frankly, by the time they graduate and go off into the world, we need more adults that have the skills and the morals and the character and the integrity and the ability to speak up for truth. We need people like that in this culture. And so I would just encourage people to not accept average, don't accept mediocre for your children. You get one chance with those kids, do the best you can with them. Oh, that is so good. Thank you, Rebecca, for being here today. It's been very enlightening and, and educational. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Thank you for having me, Pamela. I always enjoy time with you. Yes, back at you. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please share this podcast, share it with a friend post it on your social media. Uh, this message needs to get out to the world around us. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, continue to be the salt and the light. Thanks. <laughs>